You're listening to Those Dram Ginzers with your hosts, John and Zach. Hey everyone, I'm John. And I'm Josh. And welcome to Those Dram Ginzers where we drink whiskey and talk about it. Yes, you heard correctly. Zach sadly could not make it to this event with us today. But as always, when we have events, we always bring our buddy Josh from Thrifty Whiskey. Thanks, Josh. Not a problem. Happy to be here. We are at live, even though you, you wouldn't know it by the no background noise, we are at Whiskey Rebellion Fest 2023. And we actually got moved down the road. Uh, we asked to be moved down the road so that we didn't have all the... Uh, the, the the music and the bands and everything in the background like distorting everything and making Josh and Tomas's lives uh, hell. <laughs> uh, making it essentially impossible. Like, yes. There was so much stuff that got lost from last year. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean there was even some I like. I did last year's editing for our our podcast, and I mean I I made it work, but I wasn't. You know, you and my bo- you and me both have like the OCD of like it has to be perfect, you know, and um, uh, it wasn't great, but I wanted to not lose it. Um, but now this year we have nothing. There's a generator, but yeah, that, but that, I, I don't per- even hear it in my headphones. No, no. So. And that's honestly, even if we do hear it, that's so consistent. That and that's an easy like, you yeah, know. So easy. yep. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so we're gonna get some interviews. Um, we're gonna try to get some different people this year. Might get some same people because, and then talk about differences. Like, I definitely want to talk to Terry again about the street mm. theater because, um, as they said, there's like a rotating, right, right. you know, um, scripts that they go through. So I want to hear what's different this year than last year. And yeah, I say I want to know like what the script is like this year. Yeah, we've only seen the first act so far. They did a little bit of something earlier while we were setting up as well, but I, I couldn't hear it all the way down here. So. But I do want to get... I'd like to get Shayna back. She's in charge of the uh, the parade. I want to see if there's any differences in the parade from this year to last year. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, I want to talk to Tracy. Try to get Tracy down here. But she <laughs> runs around like a chicken with her head cut off. <laughs> so it's hard to get her, like, we, nailed down for a couple minutes. But we appreciate all the work that she does for Oh, for, this, sure. for sure. We are very... Honestly, I mean, this caused extra work moving down here for us. I mean... The tent we've been at for the past couple of years is it is up there consistently, right? And um, I was just very grateful that they were willing to make these adjustments for us, and uh, weren't just like, "Nope, that's too much work. You're going to sit here," which I would have been like, "Okay, yes, ma'am," like <laughs> you know, because they're amazing anyway. But um, just a huge thank, thank you. We're we're right across from the Bradford House, and then we have the um, the meeting house, the meeting house, and the Rebellion like uh, historical. The education center. The education center. Thank you. You yeah. can see it. I can't. I can't. Yeah, see I'm it. A, right there. Yeah. Uh, so we're right here around everything. Um, and if you're watching uh, the the video on Thrifty, I don't. It might be catching us, but the little rebels are doing their little presentation uh, over here by us. And um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they scared them. That they scared me. Start, yeah. Cute. Anyway, all right. So, Josh, any yeah. thoughts on this year? I mean, uh, nothing yet. I mean, it's, it's like last year. Mm-hmm. So, kind of know what we're getting in for, and mm-hmm. it's a good time every year. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to just eating some good food, uh, talking to some interesting people, and mm-hmm. just seeing what's going on. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back.
back with our first interview. It wasn't any of the ones we were talking about, um, but we were planning, you and I were planning on having, having oh, yeah, Patrick yeah. back. But we have Patrick Bochi, oh, not yeah. Bachi, Patrick <laughs> Bochi, the co-executive director of West Overton Village and Museum. Welcome back, Patrick. Uh, glad to be back. Thank you so much for, for having me. Perfect. So Patrick, like you said, was here last year. He, he did the, the, the podcast version, mm-hmm. the video version. The audio I, just still, I mean. Just so, it was just so hard. <laughs> there was a rock band in the background, and uh, trying to overcome that was just impossible for me. Yeah, yeah this and is a much better location uh, to, to do set. For sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> 100%, 100%. So you said, we got a generator in the background, yes. but I'm not even hearing it, so right. I'm good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So, Patrick, you know, West Everton, huge, you know, historical aspect. Um, but let's talk something specific. Sure. Let's talk the Whiskey Smash. Whiskey Smash. <laughs> it's one of the best nights of the year, if not the best night of the year. Uh, so the Whiskey Smash is our annual fundraiser. It's held every November. This year it's November 18th uh, from 6 to 8, where we celebrate whiskey heritage, whiskey history of Pennsylvania. So we have nine distillers lined up, ready to go. So it's a night of samples, bottle sales, silent auctions, food, music, uh, and West Overton's distilling uh, West Overton Distilling Company's educational distillery will also be open for the night. So it's a it's a fun, low-key event that really helps support West Overton's mission. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And I know we tried to get there last year, and it just it, schedules stink. <laughs> but I definitely want to make sure we get down there this year. So yeah, I'm like absolutely. blocking it off on all of our calendars so that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, it's been blocked off for me for a bit. Well, now, I say, so. yeah. And, there, and there's, there's a teeny bit of a tie into... The smash with with you, Josh. Well, not you particularly, but no. uh, you said Joyce is doing something. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you guys still need to talk to her about yeah. that. So you know, nothing official. Nothing official, right but we're going to talk to news. Joyce. Uh, she's going to provide desserts for us. You know, we're thinking Heck of yeah. a you know some sort of cookie bar type aspect to yes. it. You know, something Pit- low key, true, easy. true Pittsburgh cookie Absolutely. table. Absolutely. That, that's her jam. It's all about cookies. So <laughs> heck yeah, um, heck yeah. I know, but she last year. I mean, you guys did the uh, the vendor show. Yep. Um, what, what, I don't remember what. So was. Um, we do a, we do an, uh, two vendor shows a year. One in May, our makers market, and then we do a holiday uh, vendor market as well inside. And Joyce has come out, and she um, this past May made uh, some rye shortbread cookies. And offered them from from the distillery, free samples, and they were amazing. And you know, following, you know, she and I were chatting about possibly doing desserts for yeah. the whiskey smash because they were amazing cookies. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm already excited. I'm more excited. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm looking forward. It's to a enjoying. it's a great night. You know, we're we're uh, tickets will go so go on sale in August. Okay, uh, that was so my please, next question. Please be on the lookout for that. And you know, there is a limited availability of about 250 or so guests. So first come, first serve, man. Yeah. Come on out. And as long as they're following you on like social media. Social media, you can join our mailing list, follow um, our website, westovertonvillage.org, uh, has all that information. Is there any benefit for signing up for your mailing list? Yeah, so if you decide to sign up for our mailing list, which you could do so uh, today at the, at the Whiskey Rebellion Festival, or if you stop by West Overton Village um, before, uh, before August, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you sign up now, you, there's a chance to win two two free tickets to the to the smash. Nice, yeah. Win. I'm I'm very excited, and I'm I uh, obviously I get I get to be a part of it a little more being part of the committee this year. Um, I'm excited to help uh, promote it and yeah, absolutely, and just 
kind of all the things that are going on. And it's fun seeing what you guys are doing and what you guys have done in the past and what you can do better and, yeah. and all that kind of things. Yeah, so, so even in the last year, there's been so much happening at Westoverton from, you know, producing whiskey to uh, our, our newest exhibition just received an award of excellence from the American Association of State and Local History. It was one of only 51 museums in the nation to receive that award. Um, we also received a grant from PHMC um, to do some preservation work on, on the property. So we received a $100,000 grant, and we're confident that it's going to be matched. So, that, so you, know, you start to see a little bit of a facelift, some, some refresh of the, of the buildings. So we're yeah, very nice. excited for that and uh, some great programming coming up in addition to the Whiskey Smash. But, you know. I'm going to go ask ahead. you. My, okay, I don't wanna, you I don't have more of an insider view on this than I do, so go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to, uh, just for our viewers, I know yes. why West Overton is important to whiskey. Sure. Can you talk about, yes. though, why West Overton is important for whiskey here in Pennsylvania? Yeah, absolutely. So West Overton Village was founded in 1803 by a farmer from eastern Pennsylvania. He comes, he settles the land like many German migrants do at that time. And it's really his son and his grandson, Abraham, who build this this farm to into a company town that focused on agriculture and agriculture related industries uh you know farming textile mills cool and coke ovens and whiskey history so you know so whiskey was first distilled at west overton in 1810 and that is old overholt so old overholt whiskey was first produced 1810 and it was produced on site uh till prohibition following prohibition things change and you know that becomes a, a, a Jim Beam product in 1987 and where they still make it today uh, but we just have that whiskey heritage right you know you throw a stone in western Pennsylvania you're going to hit a distillery if you're living here in the 1900s and old overhold fantastic fantastic whiskey mm-hmm. do you want talk about the whiskey you guys are currently making and yeah. how you're incorporating that into your education yeah absolutely so because we have that heritage with, with west uh, excuse me with old overhold whiskey being produced on site for hundreds of years um, we decided to open our own distillery you know do our own product so we have a small educational distillery under West Overton Distilling Company where we make a, a two three barrels a year uh, as an education program of the museum so you know we want to celebrate that whiskey history that uh, that is found in Pennsylvania we want to you know talk about the economics of whiskey we want to talk about the science of, of whiskey and what better way to do that than to make whiskey and show that to the folks? So our distiller Justin Grimm is uh, finished doing a finishing run on white uh, on a white whiskey uh, that is a collaboration of Fort Ligonier. It's going to be 250 bottles uh, that will be sold at Fort Ligonier in Ligonier, and it will be also sold at West Overton Distilling. Um, and you know, then he's going to be making a a barrel of, of Monongahela rye. So that's what we do. You know, we use a historic mash bill, 80% rye, 20% malted barley, and we make it. Pretty, pretty great whiskey, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the sample you gave me last time was the most citrusy, mm-hmm. like lemony right. uh, yes. whiskey I think I've ever tasted. Just naturally being that flavor, like yep. And that was the third barrel off the line. You know, it's all single, single barrel, small, very small batch, <laughs> but it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, it makes a makes a great sipper. Now, uh, again. Uh, having talked to you previously, sure. like last month, so you um, got insider. You go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> go, I, I, go, I, go. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, you you mentioned something pretty. I thought it was pretty exciting about one of the changes you're going to be making to your grains. Um, yes, yes. So this barrel that I just mentioned with Justin, um, it is the rye is. It's the first time since since prohibition that 
our whiskey is being made with rye that's grown on site. Uh, so you know, wow. so we we harvested it, um, a few acres of rye whisk or of rye, and it's being made into whiskey as we speak. Uh, so we're very excited to see you know what flavors come out of that. That's really cool. Right, no, that, that, that oh, part to me is like, like so, so cool. That's yeah. so cool. We're so excited, well, especially with you guys doing only a handful of barrels, right? Like a year. Right. That's especially, and like you said, it's more like educational yes. based. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit more doable, I guess, than some yeah, of like exactly. the bigger yeah, ones because they're needing like a lot more. <laughs> right, right. You know. but, uh, right, right. But you know, even just having access to a few acres of yeah, of yeah, land, you know, we have, yeah. get plenty of rye. You know, we have, to it yeah, and you know, and, and guests can go and look at the rye, you know, before they yeah. go up to the distillery and, and try a sample of of West Irvington Distilling's yeah. product. Which basically means that you know, it, it, and obviously the barley, I assume, is still being sourced from a barley. Is, yeah, yeah. So local. it's uh, the barley comes from a farmer in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, you know, there's an element of which you guys are in a sense still partially at least. Farm to farm to yeah, class. absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, you you know, you can come in and you you know, if you catch Justin in the distillery, and you, know, you can talk to him. You can you know, watch him do his thing and ask him any questions. And it's a, it's a it's a great program, and it's it brings a lot of visitors to the museum who wouldn't otherwise go into the yeah. museum. But then you know, they want to see what's going on in the village. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we have 19 buildings over 40 acres. You know, it's a, it's a pretty wow. massive site. You know. And, it's great, you know. It's a I great nineteen awesome. century. I didn't know that. Yeah, because yeah. I, I know the the you know the, the main buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that you guys had that, that many, many buildings. buildings. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, between some out outbuildings, chicken coops, some worker houses. You know, some all but all date to mid nineteen hundred, mid eighteen hundred, forty acres, like forty that? acres. Wow. Yeah. So, I need to do the tour. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. I apparently missed. I've only a seen lot of stuff. two. two. <laughs> I've seen the distillery right. and. The one across the street. The museum. Yes. Yeah, the, museum the museum building. I was in the basement. Of, well, right. I was only in the basement of the museum for um, the the panel. The, oh, uh, the PA e- evening, yeah. evening with the experts. That was a fun yes. night, too. Yeah. yeah. I definitely got those two. The whiskey smash and that confused at one point. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens. But, yeah. Any other events coming up? Uh, so upcoming this weekend, July 15th and 16th, is our annual DIY History Day. It's a family event uh, where we do a lot of historic demonstrations. This year is different in that we're partnering, partnering with our our neighbors, the Fort Allen Antique Tractor Association, and they're also doing uh, a lot of historic demonstrations, um, and it's an ice cream social as well. So very friendly family. Come on out. Uh, it's, a, it's a very fun event. So they've been doing a lot of cool events. That oh, I've been thank like, you. Oh, like I would love to take my kids out. Unfortunately, it's just <laughs> no. everyone's busy. But um, I'm definitely putting them in my calendar. Though, like, oh, if we're free, let's yep. let's go do this. So awesome. So back to the the whiskey smash. Yes. Any I know tickets don't go on sale till August. Uh, do you guys know pricing for tickets yet? Still determining some pricing. Okay. Uh, so that information will be released soon. So gotcha. we talk to you know our committee's meeting again next next week or the week after. We'll probably hammer out those last details. Um, yeah. So, um, but those will be posted soon. Excellent. I won't tell awesome. them anything. I promise. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Lips are sealed. Lips are sealed. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, um, I wish I had the list in front of me, but uh, who is yeah, going to so be? Yeah, so we there? have we have I believe nine, and I see if I can remember them off the top of my head. So, Liberty Pole, Dad's Hat, Stolen Wolf, Red Pump, Quantum, Rusty Musket, Park Family Farms, Wiggle, and West Everton Distilling. Yeah. I believe that's I believe that's the list. I hope I didn't leave anyone off. 
I mean, that's nine, so. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll find the list later <laughs> yeah, and be yeah. like, I'll just I, you know, put yeah, it in the video. Yeah, I'll put it in so, <laughs> um, Park Family Farms, I, uh, we stumbled upon them. We didn't, get, we didn't go in. We stumbled upon them a while back. My wife and I go to Oak Lodge. Yeah. In Ligonier, right outside of yep, Ligonier. Yep. Uh, we go there once a year to for like a nice like yeah. long weekend or something. Uh, really enjoy, cabins in the middle, tucked away in the middle of nowhere. And but you pass yeah, going yeah. from there to Ligonier, you pass Park Family Farms. At least there's a sign. And I was confused because I thought it was Paul Family Farms, <laughs> which is a maple syrup place. And I was like, I don't think they're over this way. But uh, it made me look it up, and I was they weren't open the, while we were there. But um, that'd be cool to, yeah, to run into they're them. Great. Um, they had a great time last year. You know, they they were very thankful to, to be part of it, and they had yeah. they they had a, a great turnout, so it was awesome. Um, we're excited to have them back, and I'm excited to have Tall Pine Distillery as well. That's, that's right. the. Hey, <laughs> so I, I apologize, like, I thought, Tall Pine. I thought there was at least one more. Right, I, right, I can't remember yes, who they were. Yes. Yeah. So, and they they are returning from last year too, where you know they they were excited to to come back out again. We, we met Rusty Miss Rusty Musket at the Western PA Spirits Fest. Okay last year yeah and um, they had a because Zach was all pumped for those that are going to watch the possible video of us doing the um, the the whiskey walk last night uh, Zach was pumped with the one that had uh, they had a, a pickle vodka yes. oh yes Rusty uh, Musket has a pickled pickle. one and it is so good yes I know this is a whiskey podcast but I like well, pickles uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, the, the pickle vodka was um Excise. Excise, yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but Rusty Musket's cool. We follow them on, on social media, and uh, I'm excited to, to see them again. Cause yeah, I, 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 I just saw some a post from them this morning. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Do you want to expand the uh, Whiskey Smash? I think, you know, I think that's definitely in, in future talks and seeing what the how and what that would look like. You know, I think... Um, you know, we're doing a little bit of expansion of the museum space. So we're going into the second floor with some interpretive space. So, you know, that could be a possibility to have uh, have some more distillers and have some more uh, guests that are able to actually get in the building. So, you know, it's all a matter of space. So yeah. if we can find the space for it, we would be all for expanding it as large as it can go. Yeah. 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 I'm all so for that. Seems like every year, every few months, there's a new distillery here in Pennsylvania. Oh, I know oh it's gosh, great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, like I said, you know, you can almost throw a stone and you can find a, a new distillery. Maybe someday we'll, that, get, we'll that, reach yeah. back to 1900 days and yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say return. we're getting close because right, right. they're just popping up everywhere now. They yeah. are. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anything else you want to tell us? No, just come on out anytime. You know, we're open uh, May through October uh, from. Thursday through Sundays, ten to four. Come out for a tour and uh, tasting of our of our product. We're we're excited to host folks. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Patrick. Thanks for sitting awesome. down. No, my thanks pleasure. Thanks for taking time away from the table today. Yeah. No, my uh, pleasure. Yeah, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on November eighteenth. November eighteenth. We'll be there, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. And we're back with our next interview. We have Mike Robinson, who is the president-elect of the Bradford House Historical Association, and Denise Cummings, who is the current president of the Bradford House Historical Association. Welcome. Thank you. Does that mean you guys are running against each other? Or? No. Okay. <laughs> he takes over when I'm done. <laughs> there we go. 
I actually wanted to hear you say that three times real fast. <laughs> you got two. That's yeah. it. That's it, Mike. You got two. All right. So um, tell us a little about, like, you know, what, you know, uh, your position, like, what do you do for, and, and what is the, the Bradford House Historical Station? There's, a, there's your third one. Okay. Um, we, what do we do? We do a little bit of everything that needs to be done around here. Um, we started out... Um, as an organization back in the 1960s when the Bradford House opened as a museum. And in the last three years, we've expanded our campus. Um, originally, the house was owned by the Pennsylvania Museum and Historical Commission, but mm -hmm. the Bradford House Historical Association became the owner in 2017. And so since then, we've been expanding programs. We've been, we expanded our campus to include the Whiskey Rebellion Education and Visitor Center. And even though it had that grand name, it really didn't have the education space that we needed. So when the opportunity presented itself this spring, we have a new meeting house education space. Nice. Awesome. Um, so talk to me about uh, the Bradford House. The Bradford House is a National Historic Landmark. It was completed in 1788 by David Bradford, one of the leaders in the Whiskey Rebellion. He was a, an attorney by profession. He was Deputy Attorney General for Washington County, which is the equivalent of the District Attorney today. He was also involved in the shipping business, and this was just one of several properties that he owned. Um, the house was the first two-story house in Washington and the first stone house. So the town was just being laid out Everything else at that point is log cabin structures. And what's actually in the background of our video here is we're just right next to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, you can see the background. Very well. Looks looks nice. It's a nice, well-kept building. Thank you. And you can thank Mike for that. Um, he's head of our campus committee, or was. I guess he's passed that off now to Joe. <laughs> but he's still very active in, in taking care of it. And we've gotten some grants in recent years to... Um, enable us to restore things that needed to be restored properly. We can't say that it looks exactly like it did when the Bradfords lived here inside, because we don't know what that was. Right. But we always say that if David and Elizabeth walked through the front door, they would recognize the place and be comfortable there. <laughs> um, why, why did you two get involved with the Bradford House? Well, a former board member that was president at the time invited me to a little get-together at the house and I find the local history interesting. I moved here 40 years ago from Charleston, West Virginia and uh, having a National Historic Landmark in town and having history about whiskey and, and the way this part of the country was instrumental in the young government of, of the United States mm -hmm. uh, appealed to me so I've been doing it now for three years and hope to do it for a while longer. Good. Denise? I started with the Whiskey Rebellion Festival actually in the summer of 2011 as a volunteer. And the following year I retired from teaching. And I first became a volunteer and then was very quickly volunteered for the board. <laughs> um, worn a lot of different hats as the house manager, um, gift shop manager, and so forth. Um, but it fits in well with what I did for a career. I'm still educating people. Um, 
but people of varying ages and sizes now, <laughs> and uh, more on my terms than working the nine to five every day. Excellent. So, what? How does this tie into the Rebellion Fest that we're here for? Well, we think that the history of the late 18th century was a seminal to our new government being able to say we can tax people, we can raise an army, we can uh, support the finances of our, yeah. our government, and even though people in this neck of the woods didn't like the tax because they just fought a war over taxation without representation, uh, it was something they really needed to, to come around to. There were people who wanted to split off and form a new country, you know, on this west side of the Alleghenies. And George Washington and Alexander Hamilton couldn't allow that to happen. So the, the festival is important because David Bradford was involved, and it gives us an opportunity to do some reenacting. Uh, we have people doing demonstrations of textile crafts. We have food and drink and music. Uh, it's a lot easier for people to swallow education when they're having a good time. <laughs> so I see people going in and out of the, the, the museum. Um, any, you just open? Or are you doing anything special inside? Or? Today it's only a first floor walkthrough. Gotcha. Uh, with the volume of people that we see on festival day, we just can't allow them to go upstairs. Right. Um, it, it creates a, a hazard. Um, sure. And so we're, of course, putting everybody's health and safety first. Uh, we are open Wednesdays through Saturdays from 10 to 4, from April through November uh, for tours. Uh, we have a generous sponsor, EQT, so that they are free tours. They can come at any time. It takes 45 minutes to an hour. We have very experienced, knowledgeable docents who are dressed in 18th century attire who will take them through the house and, and explain all about 18th century living. Um, so we encourage people to come back. We also do tours by appointment on other days and um, in the off season. We're never completely closed. <laughs> and of course, across the street, oh, so that was my next question. We have the new Whiskey Rebellion Education and Visitor Center. And the reason we did that, while you're touring with docents talking about the 18th century living, it, it's a little awkward to fit in the discussion about the rebellion, which was over a period of few years and had a lot of events. Uh, we felt that the visitor center was a better way to explain the timeline of the rebellion. Why were people upset? What did they do? How did it conclude? It's a number of firsts in our country mm -hmm. that occurred because of the rebellion. And so the, the visitor center uh, tells that that part of the story. It's also free because of our generous sponsors. And then with the new meeting house, we can actually have a board meeting in our own property. We've been having to go <laughs> elsewhere. We can put on classes and seminars and uh, we've had pop-up shops in there and uh, it's been only been open since February and we've gotten a lot of good oh, wow. use out of it. Yeah, we were in. Well, we were in both. We were in the meeting house for the last night for the yeah. uh, walk to get our like tickets and stuff. Um, but then we, yeah, we were in the, the history center. 
and uh, it was really we didn't get I didn't like fully take in everything but like it was very nice but it's very very well put together and like just yeah Yeah. thank you we're really proud of it love to do like like, I'm sure you'd love to do like a video tour or something of it something yeah almost like a documentary style yeah 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 might be able to be arranged you you might want to wait because through a very generous uh, donation or grant from the Allegheny Foundation we've just received fifty thousand dollars and so we hope to uh, even improve it more. Nice. Oh, perfect. What, what kind of improvements do you want to make? Well, you know, in this day and age, as we sit here doing digital stuff and podcasts, uh, we think there's opportunities to have uh, more technology in our museums and in the meeting house. We do have a very large screen that we can plug into a computer for classes, but we haven't quite you know, this fell into our lap. We asked for it, and we said what some of the things we could do for it. We have to pay rent and salaries. We mm-hmm. have uh, one executive director is our full-time employee. We have part-time docents, and so uh, we can pay rent and we can help pay salaries. And then we've, we've got tables and chairs you can configure into any kind of meeting Space, we may need to do some more of that. Our walls are kind of naked at the point. Maybe we can <laughs> dress those up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, all the questions I was like forming, like, okay, when we get time, I ask this question. It seems like you guys answered them. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, with the Whiskey Rebellion Festival here, the, the, the question is mostly like, what is, you know, what does Dave Bradford and his house have to do with um, the Whiskey Rebellion? But I think you've answered a lot of that. Is there anything else you want to add about the connections between Whiskey Rebellion and? the Bradford House, or even David Bradford himself? Well, since you are Dram Yenzers, you might find it interesting that whiskey was currency in, in the frontier. Uh, there wasn't, we didn't have a treasury yet, any currency in circulation. Uh, there was very little out here. It was Spanish or French or British. And so there was a barter economy. Mm-hmm. And you can't transport chiefs of, of rye very far without them getting wet and moldy, but you can transport whiskey a long way, and so if your wife needed a new dress or a bag of flour or some sugar or tea or a, you wanted to buy a horse, you bartered with whiskey, so uh, I think people appreciate that fact, which uh, we can tell is the background story of the Whiskey Rebellion, and there's a lot of Scotch-Irish people in this this area uh, they're kind of fiery folk and they, they <laughs> like their whiskey and they don't like being told what to do uh, we have an author that we just had a, a, a book signing last week or so and he said that when when people arrived in this country to escape religious prosecution and, and settled they hit the coast and all the cities and land around the coast was was occupied and they couldn't find land to buy so the people in the coast said go west so they went a little further west and they found the German settlers in Pennsylvania and they'd already bought up all that land and they said you should go further west so they wound up going over the mountains well it was an 11 day trip from Washington to Philadelphia. All the courts were there. 
if you were found to have an infraction with the with the excise tax, you had to drop all your farming, make a trek to Philadelphia. Well, not a lot of that happened because they fought the excise tax collectors and they weren't very effective at, at uh, serving writs. And when they did try to serve writs, that kind of when the fireworks start. That's when the, when the shooting and, and the few fatalities occurred. So uh, whiskey uh, was something everyone drank. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't a luxury as Alexander Hamilton thought it was. And it was on the East Coast, but it was not here. Not here it was right. just a way of life. Can you imagine selling a bottle of your whiskey so your wife gets a new dress? I mean, I, I guess I would. I'd, He'd buy her flower sacks yeah. with the whiskey. So, talking about the Whiskey Rebellion, this is a whiskey podcast. Josh does a whiskey YouTube channel. Do you both like whiskey? Not particularly. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, she has a family okay. It's member. okay in some mixed drinks, but my son-in-law is actually Scott and works at Distil- Distillery in Scotland. So, oh, nice. um, Now I need to know which one, though. Um, right now it's Black Isle Brewery, Black and they're they're about to establish a distillery. Okay. But he's been at Tomaton and Botacro and some others um, in his, in his career. So um, yeah, I, I and my family enjoys it. Me just not so much. You need a mixed drink, is what you're saying. I yes, <laughs> something fruity. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, my wife is. She's not a big whiskey fan, but she has been enjoying a lot more like whiskey, like centric cocktails yeah. um, and yeah. as long as she can't taste it you know if it's mixed well and she can't taste it she's fine <laughs> I don't uh, mix it with anything yeah. <laughs> I find that blasphemous uh, but oh, oh. I you know I started out one of my friends at work was a maker's mark ambassador and that's kind of how I got into bourbon yeah. and uh, I think I'm an ambassador for life with makers but I have branched way out Mm-hmm. From that, that was you know 20 to 30 years ago. So yes, I like whiskey. I have <laughs> quite the stash of things that I, mm-hmm. that I can find. I tend to go outside of Pennsylvania, unfortunately, to get a lot of it because oh, yeah. of the difficulty with the PALCB. Don't don't get me started. I have kids living in North Carolina who also has a state store system, but I have kids in Boston and I have a son that lives in Illinois and I can find some pretty good stuff so Mm -hmm. I you know I look for unicorns but I don't really yeah like you find it you find it I think you can buy something that's probably almost as tasty as for sure Pappy's 23 or something oh yeah for sure although my son-in-law is a generous gesture uh was working in Kentucky and he bought me a, a 15-year-old uh, old Rand, the Rand, Rip Van Winkle. Oh, uh, yes. I would have never paid what he paid for it, but <laughs> I appreciate the gesture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's your go-to then? Like if you're you're at home and you're like, you know what, I want to pour something, what's, what's, your, what's your grab? Uh, I think, uh, you know, Makers is a good daily thing. I like uh, Buffalo Trace, but you have a hard time finding right, it. Right. I like yeah. all of the Buffalo Trace products, but I like rye too. I I've been drinking Sazerac and uh, other stuff. Uh, I have a a whiskey drinking group. We periodically do a, a blind tasting. Oh, nice! Have 
all the glasses and everything to do that. We haven't done it since the pandemic, but uh, so we'll try things and and I'll gravitate to whatever came out on top, even though people's tastes are different. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Anything else? Um, Thank you, anything. Um, yeah, I, know I, didn't, I didn't say much, but I answered yeah. all my questions. No, you're good. So. You're good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Mike and Denise. Thank you guys for sitting down with us. I know you guys are super busy um, today, but thanks for giving us a couple minutes. Mike, thanks for all your help getting our new spot set up. Really oh, appreciate it, man. Yes, thank you so I know we probably put a little bit of like a, oh, that's one other thing we have to do by moving our tent down here, but um, yeah, we really appreciate you guys coming. You need us. a little more quiet than yeah, a quiet stage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we appreciate you coming and yeah. being yeah. here. I hope yeah. you keep doing it. So do we. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us to talk with you. Yep. Yeah, thank you. All righty, and we're back with our next guest, Dave Buttinger. Uh, works for the Bradford House Histori- Historical Association as well. Mike uh, volunteered him to come over and say hi. <laughs> Dave is a, a docent. Did I say that right? Yep. Docent. Got it right. And then you also work in the in the visitor center, yeah. the Whiskey Rebellion Visitor Center. So, what is a docent? Oh, oh, docent. Okay, docent is basically a glorified tour guide. He is no. He or she is usually a little more knowledgeable than your average tour guide. Mm-hmm. They spend time researching. Uh, delving into the history of whatever they're taking their tour guides through. And uh, they can sort of claim the title of, of docents at some period. A self-proclaimed title for the most sure. part. And uh, uh, that's, that's basically the difference between a docent and a tour guide. One just knows a little more than the other. Gotcha. How long have you been doing that? Uh, this is my sixth year. Sixth year, yes. Were you a volunteer? Like, or did you work with the Bradford Historical Actually, no. Uh, I got into this kind of sideways. I've been a reenactor for about 20 years, mostly um, uh, Revolutionary War, um, uh, French and Indian War, mostly 18th century reenacting military mm-hmm. style. Uh, I got older and <laughs> got retired, mm-hmm. and it's hard being a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> And the Bradford House, I've always been kind of intrigued with it. And the Whiskey Rebellion, I knew something about it, but not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Bradford House, uh, Tracy Liberatore, the director, were advertising for docents mm-hmm. to work it. I had enough background knowledge to classify as a docent, I guess. <laughs> and so they hired me. Yeah. It's a, uh, right now it's a four-day job, four-day-a-week job. Mm-hmm. And uh, we meet incredibly cool people coming into that door sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and we have a good good cadre of knowledgeable people that are banked around the, uh, the Bradford House and the Whiskey Rebellion Center. And this festival uh, is truly remarkable, uh, based around a very little-known event mm-hmm. in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're bringing it back to life here as being what it is. It was a significant uh, event in our early history. So... That's how I got into this thing. It's definitely cool, yeah. and uh, I enjoy I enjoy the history of it. And I'm finding I'm meeting all kinds of people, and most of them as interested as I am in, mm-hmm. in it. And if not, they're just really cool people too. They're interesting people. Mm-hmm. So, so you said that docents do a lot of uh, 
research into mm-hmm. things, and I know at least my own experience doing research, sometimes you find some tidbit that you really latch on to and you do a, a rabbit hole. Is yeah. there a, a thing for you that's like that's your rabbit hole when it comes to the Bradford not, House? Not necessarily mine, but the rabbit hole the Bradford House is in right now is trying to find the lineage of David Bradford's wife, Elizabeth Porter. We have no background on her at all, confirmed background. We don't even know exactly when they were married, no no wedding certificate, anything like that. Mm. Uh, and we have, there's a genealogical team uh, in the association. One of their jobs is the research Elizabeth Porter. Uh, they've gone down several rabbit holes, one leading all the way to Massachusetts and the governor of Massachusetts that came over on the Mayflower, things like that, oh, wow. okay. which would be great, but we can't nail it down. Um, but uh, my own personal one, uh, I've been through several. Um, I, I enjoy researching uh, David's escape, for instance, mm-hmm. from okay. that house over there, right across to our, my right. Yeah. Uh, he fled there before federal troops showed up to arrest him in connection with this thing. And he fled all the way down to Spanish West Florida, uh, making a new home outside Baton Rouge on a plantation. Uh, I like researching that background. That's the only thing we've ever had to pause for. for noise. That's great. I'm so glad we're done. We used to be how, up there. How many times you have to deal with that? That's the first time they've gone by, actually. Oh, here they go again. Okay, they sent two pumpers. Yeah. Uh, so it's so far, it's not a biggie. Yeah. <laughs> We, they used to have us up right in front of the music center, so oh, we you? always had oh, so much yeah. background noise. We asked if we could be moved down Because down this is way better. This, this is way, so much better. way better. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's yes, I just, I do, we, we've just got new books. I've read several books on the Whiskey Rebellion from a variety of different people. I edited a book uh, written by Tom Hart. He was a um, biology professor at W.J. College who spent a lifetime studying the Whiskey Rebellion and David Bradford and his family. I'm a retired newspaper guy, mm-hmm. and so he thought I could be a good editor there. Uh, it didn't turn out real well, but we have all his research there, and so I've researched his research a lot of <laughs> okay. what I've done and yeah. uh, become somewhat of an expert. He has his own opinions on things. Every book I've read has their own opinions on the Whiskey Rebellion and the characters involved in it. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just fun reading all of this stuff. So would you be able to like quickly like summarize uh bradford's escape like, i know there's a lot of uh, happens in between when he right. leaves and then i think he comes back i think he does it's not okay there's there's some myths that will bust here first of all he did not leap out a second floor window onto the back of his <laughs> horse that was carried i even read it in, in in historical anthologies that were written about washington county that was a story they carried he was just ahead of the federal troops he actually left at least three and possibly more days before federal troops showed up at that front door to arrest him. And by the way, Alexander Hamilton was very likely with them. Mm-hmm. He was instructed by George Washington to arrest Alexander Hamilton by hook or by crook, or any means possible. He wanted David badly. Federal troops did come here in October, early November of um, 1794. Discovered David was gone. They did search the house. He was gone. He fled, not to Pittsburgh, like most of the history books said, he fled to Wheeling on horseback. He traded his horse for a canoe. Uh, it might be a bateau, probably a larger than the canoe we know of now. And he's going to paddle himself down the Mississippi to uh, a place called um, uh, 
it's Cincinnati now, but it was back then it was Fort Washington, uh, where he expected to pick up a boat that would take him the rest of the way to New Orleans, or at least to Baton Rouge. Uh, but troops caught up with him along the way, and there was gunfire. He was on the other side of the Ohio River, so he missed being fired upon. He did get to Cincinnati, or Washington. Well, there goes the ambulance, so it's a little something more than that. The old newspaper man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he got to, he did make his way to, after series of episodes on different boats, he did make his way to uh, Fort Washington, Cincinnati. He had a friend that lived named John Smith outside of Fort Washington, and uh, he stayed with him through that winter into the spring, into May. We're talking May 1975 now. He came back to Washington. Uh, this is not reported. Was that May, May what year? 1795. Okay. Okay. And um, he came home ostensibly to convince his wife Elizabeth and family to come south with him and join him. Elizabeth would not do that. This is the lady who would not marry him until he built a very fine house, that one right across the street, and was doggone well not going to go join him in Owasa, Louisiana until he built a nice plantation. He was here for about three to six days before he learned there was a warrant out for him. Somebody had finally ratted on him. There was a warrant out for him coming out of Pittsburgh. So he fled again. This time he managed to take a riverboat all the way down to Baton Rouge safely with no problems. Now, it's interesting that while he was here, and the proof we had he was here, he fathered a child while he was here that was born in his absence. And um, so that, in a nutshell, is his adventures going down the river. He actually laid over for a winter and came back. He did come back at least two more times while his warrants were still outstanding for his arrest uh, to settle uh, legal issues. He had to buy the property to that house across the way. He hadn't done that. It was a handshake deal that he acquired those two lots that property is on. And in order to sell it, he had to finish that sale. So he came back to do that. And he came back one more time to settle some legal matters involving his properties that he had to sell through the area. And uh, finally, he came back to, in, uh, in 1797, and helped his wife pack up and took her back down to Baton Rouge. By that time, things had really cooled down. Nobody bothered him. He wasn't really pardoned until 1799 by uh, John Adams. But so technically, he was still a wanted fugitive. But he had basically run off to another country, Spanish West Florida, so they never sent anybody in, in pursuit of him after that. So there you are. That's, that's David's fleeing from this territory in a nutshell. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I wanted. Thank you. I, there should be a book. There could be a book on this thing, or at least a movie or something like that. It's right. Kind of, it's kind I of think exciting. there should be a, a book or yeah. a musical or something. A musical on. would be good. Yeah. Something other than Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. we, can have, we can have Bradford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you're, when you're working you know, at, the, at the Bradford house, um, how, like, do you go that deep into his story when you're when you're giving tours and stuff? Uh, not or? that deep. It's just but more like about the house in general. Yeah, it's about the house. And we look at the people that come in. Uh, some people are strictly interested in the house, lifestyle, how they lived back then. So that's mm -hmm. what we stick with. Other people really do want to know how the Bradfords lived here, uh, their story, that kind of thing. 
That's one of the reasons we have the uh, visitor center across yeah. the street. We tell them, if you really want to dive deep into the Whiskey Rebellion, that happens across the street. Here we tell you about the house, how it was built, why it was built, how it was almost torn down for a parking lot in 1959, how it was rescued. And so there's a story about the house, too. Uh, that's rather neat, how the fact they had to tear down a building next door to the Bradford house in order to prop up that north wall because it was falling down whenever they were restoring it oh. in, mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, early 60s. The state spent an awful lot of money on this house. Um, we don't know exactly how much, but I've been doing some research lately, and I know they spent at least a million and a half in today's oh. dollars restoring that house to what it looks like today. And that's just, there's other monies that were spent but I don't know where they came from as yeah. far as the state budgets went. And uh, and then the state got out of the house museum business and gradually turned this thing over to the association. We had the deed for it. We own it now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't get that deep into it <laughs> unless I really have a very – some people will call for an appointment, and they're usually kind of deep into it. Yeah. And that's, those tours might take a couple hours before we get out oh, of Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> As, he, that, as you were saying, rabbit hole. I'm sure you yeah, can definitely oh, get yeah. to oh, yeah. no, 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 that. There's, there's so line. many rabbit holes connect with this thing. It's incredible. <laughs> but that's the kind of person I would be. I'd be like, okay, well, yeah. let's go back to this real quick. So tell me more about that part. <laughs> I could I could go on for. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a history buff in the slightest. Mm-hmm. But like I have plenty of friends who are, but I'm not like a history buff. But when it comes to like certain things, I will go down a strong rabbit hole mm-hmm. on for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's some things grab you, and yeah. off you go. And that's sort of what happened with me with the with the Bradford House here. I mean, I was uh, I've been doing a lot of reenacting on different areas, different spots, but I hadn't really anchored on one. And uh, this one works for me; it really does. Excellent. And Any some other? people think the house is haunted, so there you are. <laughs> By who? I'm really well, I, people just say they see things. I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm a skeptic. I'll tell you right now, I'm a skeptic. <laughs> I have not had any problem with mm-hmm. it, but we have another docent that uh, that has felt things. Do you know there's an app on the phone you can get? Yeah. That, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> there's an app that will tell you you can speak to these people. I said, okay, sure. An app. I mean, I'm a skeptic as well, but not, not probably a little bit differently than you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I have felt nothing in this house. <laughs> and, um, so that's the way it is. What started you guys in this thing? Wanting to learn about whiskey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that. Well, you came to the uh, right place. Yeah, I know. And, uh, yeah, when when uh, my other co-host, Zach, uh, when him and I started, it was just more his, his just... His actual co-host. My other co-host. <laughs> you've, co-host. you've been here enough. Um, uh, when him and I started this particular podcast, um, it was just us wanting to learn about, like, our own palates and, like, learning. Yeah. Wanting to get into whiskey and figured we'd record the journey uh-huh. um, and within a month we learned about here we learned about just the history when it came to whiskey not even just the rebellion but just like and uh, the, the history that just basically fell into our laps of mm-hmm. the area and then how much craft was in the area as well mm-hmm. um, and yeah we kind of just like landed in a gold mine yeah unknowingly yeah. you know got invited to we actually when we first started we actually were invited it was the 10 year and the 10th anniversary, 10th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. and um we got to uh go to the uh, blending event they had at liberty, liberty pool. pool oh you were there i was there yeah too. we yeah. we had uh 
we had the whole setup. We had oh, all the mics okay, in it. That was us. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. You guys. We okay. had just we had just started like a couple months before that, that and right? got invited to do this, and we were just like, "What is life?" You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then this is our third Some year. Some people are just so successful. I know. Yeah, I our, our third. <laughs> this is our third year coming. Third so year? yeah, okay. and then jo- we we ran into Josh a few years ago. Josh has a YouTube channel, a whiskey YouTube channel. Oh, okay. And. Um, Yes, really? and then we've been oh, bringing he, him along with really? us as well. Yeah, he's he's basically one of us. He he doesn't like to think it sometimes, but he's one of us. <laughs> yeah, okay. see, I, honestly, a lot of my knowledge now of the craft and the history mm-hmm. stuff, though, is listening to their podcasts mm-hmm. and then talking to people like like yeah. this and other mm-hmm. other events and stuff, talking about whiskey in in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I mean, so I've learned a lot in the past few years since meeting them and listening mm-hmm. to their podcast because mm-hmm. of that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so like, I didn't know about the Whiskey Rebellion. I got into doing the channel because I. So the, the channel is called Thrifty Whiskey. We do budget whiskey reviews. Uh, so we're trying to. That's our, where I'm at. Right, right, so <laughs> we're, we're trying to talk to people who like they want to get into whiskey, but they don't have a, a whole lot of money to spend on whiskey, or they mm-hmm. don't want they don't want to spend a whole lot of money in whiskey. Um, so that was that was where Thir- thirty five and under. That yeah, currently thirty five yeah. and under. Yeah, we started at thirty. Inflation happened. Thirty five. Thirty five is easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but now, but now, like I said, more and more, it's a more interest in the craft movement, and specifically in Pennsylvania, but in general, mm-hmm. but mostly Pennsylvania, and then also the history of whiskey in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, because it's, uh, it's it doesn't it, get talked about yeah. a whole lot, mm-hmm. and it, it, it really should. I was I was unaware myself mm-hmm. until I got into this gig, and Mike, you've met Mike, yep, yeah, um, huge. He turned into a huge aficionado here. Oh yeah, and uh, he can talk to you about whiskey better, better than I can. I'm more of the uh, lower level looking for the good stuff down below here and sometimes grossly disappointed sometimes surprised you know and so uh, you'll, you'll love channel, you'll love josh's yeah, channel, sounds then, like yeah. I love your channel okay awesome well hey thanks dave for for sitting down with us sure um, i enjoyed it even though mike probably vaughn told you to come over and talk to these well I was, sitting outside. I was tired and i said we were really got to but i'm glad i came guys <laughs> yeah, yeah no we're glad to and you're good listeners thank you <laughs> and besides I, it gives me a because once i get rolling sometimes it's hard to stop oh yeah that's that's fine, fine now. That's okay me. with us. Yeah, especially when it's something you know. See, see, now I have to get next time I, if I, whenever I do come to do the tour here, I'll be like, hey, look, um, I, I, need, Dave. I, need, I need Dave. I want Dave. Um, to do I mine. need him for like two hours. <laughs> so, if you do that, sure, go ahead. Okay, great. <laughs> sure, go ahead. I'm sure I can spend. We can spend two hours in there.